What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about it. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is Luna from Luboffin YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, hello. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be here. How are you doing today? Very good. Very good. It's a nice sunny morning here in Australia. Yes, and it is a sunny afternoon here in San Diego. <laughs> we, man, I did not know that there was a time zone that had a half hour difference between us also. And that was that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so you have a youtube channel that where you're uh you're talking about like advice and getting into the hobby and everything like that and i saw your tweet uh uh last week uh that was the the main reason why i contacted you were uh you said i'm passionate about forging community connections and uh and founded the server trp TTRPG Creators Clubhouse, a space for women, non-binary, and other marginalized gender creators. And I started reading through that, looked up your YouTube channel, I'm like, I need to talk to this person. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, did, how did you get into D&D? How did you get into everything? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty new to D&D uh, or RPGs in general. I, I guess it's something I knew of as a kid, but I definitely had that mentality of like, you know, dudes in the basement kind of a thing and yeah. I had a bit of a weird yep. childhood so I didn't do a lot of like normal hobbies <laughs> my mom <laughs> ran a dance studio so I basically just lived at the dance studio um yeah so but I've always had friends who played but I kind of put it in the basket of like that's not really my thing you know that's not for me I sort of had those like assumptions and I think I didn't see myself particularly represented in the space either so that probably without realizing it reinforced that feeling uh, but eventually, I think I started listening to an Australian podcast called The Dragon Friends, which I highly recommend. It's not family friendly. I always have to give that caveat. <laughs> it's uh, our, very... our show's not entirely family friendly. Yeah, though, so I get that. <laughs> it's uh, very crude and silly, but it, it kind of showed me that D and D or RPGs in general don't have to be very serious. They can be very lighthearted and. Um, it was a bunch of people who had never played before playing on stage. So seeing them learn the process, uh, maybe be like, oh, maybe it's not so difficult. Uh, and then from there, I think I played a couple of games and then I started DMing straight away. Uh, because, how, how long ago yeah. was that? Two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, two years ago, I DMed my first game. Uh, it was probably about three years ago that I like got the player's handbook for D&D. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. so so DMing called straight to you? Well, pretty much just because all my games who play, uh, all my friends who played already had established games. And so to, to play, I sort of had to start my own game. So I just asked a few people who'd never played before and then we just learnt together. Yeah, it was really good. I, I was watching one of your videos this week and, and uh, it was just like, oh, if you're trying to get players together, be the DM. And I'm like, yeah, no, that that will get people together faster than anything else. <laughs> Pretty much. It's just like, I'll DM and then like 100 people are looking for a game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have definitely regretted saying those words a few times because <laughs> all of a sudden I have like 60 messages. I'm like, no, I, I, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, you got into uh, role play. So how how many? So you run a, a weekly game. Is that is that right? Yeah. So I used to run like three games, <laughs> which was a bit much. Uh, so now <laughs> the two of those fell away during kind of I guess our lockdown period. Um, but I probably couldn't maintain them anyway. So uh, I run one game and one. Blah, blah, blah. I run one fortnightly game and I'm a player in a weekly game. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I had the same thing this year where I had I several games going and I the listeners know like I, I had to drop one of them because I'm like, I've got too much stuff going on yeah. and I don't I don't wanna make a bad game for y'all. Yeah. It's the last thing I wanna do. Um so went through that, you you playing in some games and whatnot, and so you started a YouTube channel. Yes. So <laughs> what 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 brought that? What 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 made you want to do that? Uh, I was talking with a friend um who's also i guess a content creator um she makes a lot of <clears throat> she makes a lot of videos related to D and uh she does like a lot of critical role fan videos mm-hmm. and we were talking about i guess seeing yeah seeing ourselves in the space and uh how youtube when you type in D and d or anything along those lines it will just throw men at you <laughs> yes no <laughs> you know it's it, it, it's a white dude and he's staring at you and angry (laughs) (laughs) i mean there are some really amazing creators in the space and um a lot of them have been very supportive of me so Mm -hmm. i don't have any ill will ill feelings towards the men who are doing these channels it's just that youtube uh, is showing those to me and so i don't see myself in the space that often so i kind of just wanted to start uh I think Satine Phoenix put out a call to be like, hey, we need more women doing stuff. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do a thing. And yeah, I just started doing very short. I think there were only like five minute videos in 2018. I just unlisted a bunch of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I watched them again and I was like, oh no. And now I'm refilming a lot of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you don't. Do- you can sometimes though it's good to leave it's like the beginning of this channel is me alone in my car and i there's a part of me that's like dude take those down take them down (laughs) (laughs) nobody's gonna listen to them but i leave them there because it's just like that's that's where it started yeah exactly you know and i think the main reason i did that was because i took a very long break from making videos so i don't have that many on my channel i think i only had about 20 and half of those were from when i very first started and my skills have dramatically improved so i was like you know what we'll just we'll redo those you know <laughs> i told do my, it fresh. I told my wife uh the, the first video i was watching of yours i can't remember which one it was i told my wife i'm like her zoom edits are on point <laughs> <laughs> uh, i really enjoy the editing process it's my favorite part about it actually yeah i've been trying to learn a lot more about editing so that's what that's the part that's like keeping me away from doing video content yet because i'm like i don't understand it. i i got i got audio editing down i don't understand adding video to it i'm not yes. there yet <laughs> <laughs> we need to swap skills because i don't know anything about the audio side and my audio needs a lot of work <laughs> oh well i'm always happy to help yeah um so uh so you said like you know the, the channel isn't as big right now but like honestly i wouldn't have guessed that just from watching the videos because it you've got good production skills on how they look at everything like that. So how has it been like, has has doing the YouTube thing like brought anything that you weren't expecting or anything like that? Uh, It kind of, um, I I enjoy doing YouTube because it, I really enjoy teaching. Um, I've had a lot of 
strange career paths over the last 10 years. <laughs> but the say the through line through all of those uh, jobs and careers has been teaching. So teaching beginners various things. Uh, and so I really enjoy teaching. I really enjoy facilitating people trying something new and making it feel welcoming and accepting. So I think that's the thing I get the most out of YouTube. But the thing that surprised me was how much I enjoyed the editing process. I enjoy it a hundred times more than the filming. (laughs) 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 So I'm hoping, um, I also have a gaming channel. My husband and I stream together and I edit all of those videos. So I'm hoping that once my skills develop, maybe I can move more into like a freelance video editing, which is never something I would have thought I would enjoy. But there you go. (laughs) I, well, I never thought that I would get into the, oh, I mean, obviously I never thought I'd get into podcasting like, you know, over 10 years ago, but like I used to just, the way I started doing audio editing was, oh God, it was uh, editing Star Wars music to fit fan fiction that I wrote. Oh my God, that's the nerdiest <laughs> thing I've ever heard and I love it. No, it's so bad. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love that so much. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. As, as I was walking through that sentence, I was just like, you're about to say that you did this to your fan fiction. Are you sure you want to do this? Anywho. No, embrace it. That's great. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Um, oh, man. So, so, so tell me about this, uh, this Discord server that you've made. Uh, how, how long has that been going? Oh, not very long at all. Uh, yeah. Only a week or two. Um. Yeah, I basically, I'm in another really great Discord, which is specifically for YouTubers, uh, and it's fantastic, and everyone in there is amazing, and uh, it's all about helping each other and asking for feedback and stuff like that. But it is, I think, like 95% men, Mm. and I was kind of thinking, you know, I really want to meet some more uh, women who are working on YouTube things as well, and thought, oh, perhaps if I, like, you know... I'll just put a little call out, see if anyone is interested and expecting to like maybe find a handful of people. And then the tweet kind of went a little viral. (laughs) I mean, in Twitter terms, not hugely, but, you know, uh, more than expected. So I think we in 24 hours, we had like 150 people join. Nice. um, Which is, yeah, is wild. And um, originally I had just put the call out about... Uh, women creators but we had a lot of um, non-binary and gender fluid and um, other genders sort of be like oh is this a good space for me as well and we expanded the scope to just sort of include like marginalized genders because I think the there are certain challenges you know with being a content creator uh, in that space so Mm -hmm. it's good to kind of bring us all together and I don't want to misrepresent because I'm a white woman like I'm pretty high on the ladder of privilege Um, but I definitely think you know I face different challenges to a white man in the same space. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. But that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that people are, are getting in there and, uh, and having a conversation and whatever. That- yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it surprised me as well because I sort of approached it from like a YouTuber angle, but 90, I'd say 90% or maybe 80% of our members are writers. So people who are writing content for, tabletop rpgs which has been a really um fascinating side for me to kind of like lurk on their conversations um talking about (laughs) game design and game development because that's not something i have any experience in i i've tried to get into that many a times and as soon as i hear people start talking i'm like oh i got no idea what i'm doing (laughs) i don't have have a freaking clue what i'm doing (laughs) yeah I'm just some dude with a podcast that has a, that takes notes on us on sticky notes and goes into a game (laughs) (laughs) um 
so uh, what what are the things that I uh, that I don't want to talk about is that um, I I, re- I do remember like years and years years ago thinking about doing like a YouTube channel like similar to yours where it's like talking about advice and whatnot, um, and and the the angle that you go with it because you at one point you called it uh, tips for noobs from a noob. Yeah, that was and... what I, my original channel title <laughs> and, and, I, and i thought that was i thought that was really good and, and like you you didn't you, you don't like you know hide the fact it's like hey i'm new to this but this this is what's working for me and i am like that's why mine didn't work because i wasn't coming from it at that angle i'm just like oh who would want to listen to to me talk about this but it's the way that you talk about it and yeah i don't i think that some people you know uh that are they have you know decades under their belt in this game are very intimidating to listen yeah. to about the game because they're you know they're talking about things in, maybe even in shorthand that they've been doing for over a decade now and so i i do i i love that there are people that are coming into this you know relatively new and giving advice to newer people to be like hey this is what it's like now yeah like, i think coming from that perspective uh because I still remember like so clearly my very first game and I'm sure in 10 years time the memories are going to be a little fuzzy um but <laughs> I remember the yeah I remember all the sort of challenges that I faced as a new DM or new player and so yeah I, I like coming in from that space I believe anyone can teach anything <laughs> if you come <laughs> at it from a, a perspective of uh knowing how much you don't know <laughs> yeah you know yeah yeah uh um like if I was trying to to give someone like if I was trying to give someone advice about how to get into the hobby um, compared to somebody who was, you know, who has recently gotten into it, they probably have the, the person that's recently got into it probably has a much better perspective than me. I got into D and D during fourth edition on my buddy's yeah. couch. Like I, critical role was not a thing. Like we didn't like D and D beyond was not a thing. So I, I have a very different kind of perspective about getting into the game and whatnot than what, it is right now because man the landscape is so different <laughs> and yeah. it's great i mean i'd say even in the two years i've been playing it seems like there have been a lot of changes over the years you know that i've even just noticed yeah uh the, like <laughs> I, I when we started we were playing 3.5 and fourth edition was out during the time and i remember looking at it just be like oh those books look weird and then <laughs> my, my wife's like we're still playing D D. like you you realize that right <laughs> yeah um and and now like now with the, the the way it is like there there isn't that sort of thing anymore where like because i remember going into a bookstore and it was like here's 3.5 books here's fourth edition books and now it's it's all fifth edition and it's all i i feel like it's a lot easier to get into now but also at the same time more intimidating i guess because you do have all of these streams and everything like that oh like yeah you, you, you said in one of your videos just like you're don't try to be matt mercer it's not <laughs> like yeah. you're not gonna be matt mercer uh, yeah that's something that we we, we had um ali and i had a topic on here a while ago about imposter syndrome Mm-hmm. And um and, and kind of the the quote unquote Matt Mercer effect, um and yeah like I I could I I've talked to people who have watched Critical Role and then played a game and then been like that wasn't the same and I'm like yeah well you're, <laughs> you're not a voice actor with like you know ten years under your belt <laughs> and, and hours and hours to prepare for the game exactly. you know because it's your job. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I I think uh, I think the what the stuff that you're talking about on the channel, like I immediately was just like I I it was clicking with me. Uh, there was God, what was the oh you were talking about uh Tomb of Annihilation. We talked about this on Saturday. Oh yeah yeah yeah. How uh you did the thing with bag of nails, and I was like, that's exactly what I did. I get yeah. it. okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my failed encounter where they didn't fight the giant T Rex. I wanted them to fight. <laughs> There's always other T-Rexes. That's right. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh let, let's uh take a break real quick and do a code for uh Isle Champions. Uh this is our champions loot sec- segment. This is where we uh give you a code to put into in Isle Champions on any of the numerous platforms it is available on, and you can get a gold chest free from us. And so this week's code is P O G Y W O V E. F R I G. Go put that in Nile Champions on any of the numerous platforms they're available on. Get a free gold chest. Take a screenshot of the loot that you get and send it to us at Difficulty Class on Twitter. And we'd love to see what you get. Getting those purples, getting them shinies, and kicking evil's butt. Real quick before I pass it back to uh, the Trevor and Luna in the past, I uh, just want to say if you didn't see your announcement on Twitter, uh, me, Trevor Bettis, am actually part of a new stream on Codename Entertainment for Idol Champions. Uh, so every Monday for the next eight weeks at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time time on uh twitch.tv slash cnn games um you can uh join me b dave walters and aaron m evans uh as they talk about some awesome lore and i just say occasionally hopefully funny stuff um i'm very nervous about it's the first stream i've ever done and uh we're also going to be turning into a podcast if you want to hear what that podcast sounds like stay tuned after this episode uh, after the outro music plays and you'll actually hear the first 15 minutes of the first episode uh you can also go check it on vod right now on twitch.tv slash cnne games uh later on youtube and we'll let you know when the podcast actually goes up but until then let's pass it back to uh past trevor and luna as they talk about uh luna's awesome youtube channel and this week's DC Spotlight is, well, Luna's channel. Luna, tell us about your channel. Uh, yeah, so I make YouTube videos that help new dungeon masters and new players of uh, mostly D&D, but hopefully I think they are helpful for all tabletop RPGs. I I, I can't recommend it enough. It was It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so we're going to actually going to do, um, a topic and, uh, that one is, uh, note taking, uh, cause that was uh, one of the videos that you had that I was watching and, and was realizing that we haven't talked about L- Allie, don't worry. We're going to talk about note taking again when you come back. I-, I know you're listening to this and you're like, Hey, I take notes. Why am I not on this? Don't worry. <laughs> we're going to bring it back up. Don't, don't worry. Um, but yeah, the, the, the one that you had about, uh, notes, uh, was really good, but I also feel like it's very, it's, it's sort of timely with what just happened with, uh, Marisha from Critical Role. Well, that's why I wanted to do the video because, uh, I've always, always been the note taker for games and, um, you know, always laughing that like my real life feat is keen mind because I always have like (laughs) books and books of notes and, yeah, we were we were talking about that that moment of um that episode in the game, and someone suggested, oh, you know, maybe you should do a video on taking notes. Uh, but I, I mean, I never consider myself a, I don't know, a prodigious or like a, a revolutionary note taker. Um, but mm-hmm. I just tried to approach the video in a way that reminded people that it's not actually that intimidating of a process. I think sometimes there are a lot of 
wonderful YouTube videos though about how to set up like a really beautiful and well-organized journal and like having, you know, cross-referencing and indexes and that's fantastic. But I think for a lot of people, they're just scrolling notes on a piece of paper, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah that, that uh, moment was amazing. Yeah. The, the, like, I definitely wanted to do uh, this topic because like it, it was weird how, you know, it, for people who are unfamiliar, uh, Marcia had like was like he was saying uh, Matt Mercer was saying stuff, and she was going back through her notes and piecing everything together, and had this whole conspiracy theory thing going on. And people got mad <laughs> about that happening, which was really strange, and made me go, "Do do do you all not take notes? <laughs> Is this a thing you don't do? Because <laughs> I highly like." At, I don't know about, about for your groups, but in my groups, we have at least one note taker per per group. And I mean, I would prefer if it was more, but <laughs> even if we can get one, that's good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, so I, I actually I got my my notebook here of uh, from the Pathfinder first edition game that we did a while ago. And I was the note taker on that. And. I'll tell you this, they're not good notes. They're not great. <laughs> but it, it did for a recap. <laughs> like, like for me, that was like kind of the main reason I took them was just for the recap the next week. Because generally, I do have a pretty good memory for stuff. But when, when you know, we get to the next week or whatnot, it's gone. It, it's it's yeah. not all there. I don't remember Joe Schmo's name and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, so... What is, what for you is like the the real big best thing for taking notes? Uh, in terms of like how to take them, or, or just like, why like, I take them? Yeah, yeah, like like a good like a good way to get somebody who's like who doesn't take notes to be like, hey, maybe I should start taking these. Ah, well, I mean, I think I think it has a, a lot of benefits. Um, probably the biggest benefit for me is it actually does help me remember what happened a lot more than if I didn't take notes. Um, I've always been that person that if I write something down, it's, it stays in my mind a little bit more, but you know, and I, and I also really enjoy that. So I have this full notebook here, which obviously the podcast can't see, but this, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a full notebook and we just finished our 50th session and I have filled this entire thing. And it um, is basically a representation of like a year of good times that I spent with my friends, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm really I enjoy looking back on it and remembering all those fun times. So those are kind of the reasons that I take notes. But I think, you know, when you're playing the game, you don't know what's important. Like you don't know what's going mm -hmm. to come up later. So your brain will just remember the major details. But if you don't write it down, you might miss something. Uh, in one of my games recently, uh, I wrote down one sentence about this NPC that was introduced. Like it was literally like, short brown hair wearing glasses kind of a snob that's all I wrote and then four session four or five sessions down the track they were the mastermind behind the mystery that we were trying to solve and if I hadn't have written it down we probably wouldn't have remembered that that we'd already met them yeah so it can help you kind of piece together you know clues and tidbits that you might not expect oh yeah uh, I I am always like I love having DM secrets. I always like foreshadowing <laughs> stuff and yeah. sprinkling it in there. But when a player f 
figure something out, when I see that moment of realization and they go back through their notes, I'm just like, this is perfect. I know you're going to ruin the thing that I just set up, but I'm so proud of you for ruining it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is actually the first time I've I've cracked open this notebook uh, since we ended this. We ended this one uh, last year. This game was going on. This campaign was, I think we figured out like two years and three months long. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really funny to kind of go back and look at the different kind of note taking that I did. Where like the first one is very informational, it's yeah. very short, it's bullet pointy, and like by the end of it, I'm just I'm almost writing just stand up jokes in here about, <laughs> about characters. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine um, who I play with, so I sort of take the the narrative type notes and he always marks down the stupid quotes that everyone says like his notebook is just full of (laughs) all the stupid things that we said so every week I do a little recap of what happened and then he will be like and these are all the stupid things we said (laughs) (laughs) um so so as far as like the 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 style of of noting one of the questions I wanted to ask you is about combat um Mm -hmm. No, like I know Allie and I do the exact same thing for combat. We literally just go, we fight, we win. (laughs) (laughs) And and like, if something happens during the combat, it might get in there. But like, what what do you do when you're writing notes when it comes to a combat part of it? Uh, So I will usually still write notes. Uh, It depends though on my level of stress because the more stressed I get, the less I take notes. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm playing a paladin in a party that of three that doesn't have a healer, so I'm pretty stressed all the time. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> uh, in Curse of Strahd, so it's a it's a stressful oh, good time. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not but only I, that, but everything's trying to kill you because you're the holy thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, I, I really love it. But yeah, I, I will usually write down. Uh, I just try and write down like little narrative descriptions of what happened. Uh, you know, like Dixie attacked with her st- knives and went stabby stab, and you know, like <laughs> I just jot down little notes, um, and then I will like write down any epic moments that happened. So if we have any like big cinematic moments that might arise from like a natural twenty or something, uh, I'll try and like write those down because I think that's really fun to remember. Uh, I had I got a I got a new notebook for the Pathfinder Second Edition game that we did, but Allie Allie's in that group and she like she takes way better notes than me. I eventually <laughs> just kids I'm just like you you're the note taker. It's it's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Um, but the the notebook that I had actually had a section in it that was like critical hits, critical failures, yeah. and uh, uh <laughs> my favorite was uh, party members drop to zero. <laughs> oh God. I'd be on there constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I did like that aspect of like writing down the crits for like epic moments and whatnot. And which is something that like, unless it was really funny, didn't end up in this notebook. Um, I, I think that, I think that can be like a really fun thing where like almost, almost thinking of the notebook as like, this is going to sound weird, like a weird kind of scrapbook in words where it's Mm -hmm. like, you're, you're. You're doing this so you can kind of look back on it, not just next week, but like, you know, a year or so down the line and yeah. get a kick out of it. A um, friend of mine who's a player player in the game that I run, she actually went through all of her notes and made like a proper legit scrapbook with like drawings oh, really? and like as if it was in her character. It was amazing. She hasn't updated it in a while because it's a lot of work, but 
yeah, it's so incredible. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if you're familiar. Do you, you're familiar with uh, bullet journals? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Bullet journaling has not been a, my thing this year because keeping track of time that doesn't exist this year is not my thing. Exactly. Uh, but like, I've always wanted to try and make one for D and D notes. But like, mm-hmm. I always end up like I, I see people online make these beautiful freaking things. I'm like, I can't do that. I don't know. What you're yeah. Doing. I can't. <laughs> my bullet I, journals I, I, are very just like the 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 standard like not artistic in the slightest but, um, <laughs> but burrows red who is one of the mods in the server that i made uh she actually has got a youtube series on bullet journaling for D that she's started oh really yeah it's really good yeah i'll um i'll have to send you the link yeah um th- th- that's actually one of the other things i wanted to, to, to talk about because at one point during your video you were talking about stationery i love stationery <laughs> I, I i have like literally under this desk just notebooks upon notebooks (laughs) yeah Um, yeah so so what for you what is your preferred way of uh uh, like for notes and and whatnot like what what kind of stationary stuff do you usually go for with that uh so i just always buy the same notebook um it's just a pretty cheap one but it uh what i like about it is that it like lies flat so it's really easy to write on both sides and Mm -hmm. it has a uh like dots rather than lines Mm-hmm. which I just, I don't know why I like it better. But yeah, I it's from just like a franchise stationery store here and I always buy a couple of them every time I go in case they discontinue them, which just sounds like a really, <laughs> a very strange thing to do. But I've you know. had that thought and I have done that. <laughs> yeah, once you find something you like, you know. And then I just use a cheap biro. That's, yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Uh, my, I, I'm very pen snooty. I, uh, I, I have, I have the Pilot G2 point thirty eight, and <laughs> I can't not, I can't write with anything else. Yeah. Like I'll forget my pen, and I've legit said, I'm like, I might just not take notes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Purist, I like it. And, yeah. yeah, I, I well, because it's also for me. Where I'm just like, I want to open the notebook, and then there's a different like pen size in there. Yeah. Look weird. Yeah. Even though my handwriting looks like a child, so nobody will care. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely started my uh, Curse of Strahd notes with, like, I always used a specific pen and I tried really hard to, like, make it all look the same. But then by the end of the book, it's like my handwriting is double the size in, like, a blue biro and just, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very big difference. <laughs> <laughs> um do you, I, I, I forgot, this, do you have, do you do like bullet points for it or do you just kind of write it out and keep going and do paragraphs and stuff? Because mine's very just bullet point. Here's the thing that happened. Yeah, definitely bullet points. Um, I find that the easiest to navigate when I'm reading back through them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And you were talking, and in your video, you were talking about uh, shorthand. Yeah, uh, I guess um, I just try and I, I suppose like. Through all my like uni study, we had a couple of lecturers who insisted that we write notes by hand. So I had uh, developed, I guess, at that point, a little bit of like my own shorthand that has just sort of carried through um, that I just use. Probably doesn't make sense to anybody else, but yeah. Oh, I've lost. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's the beauty of your own notes is it doesn't matter as long as you can read it. Yeah. 
See, see, the thing is, though, I, I, I know for a fact there's things in this notebook that I wrote and I have no idea what they mean. Yeah. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that's, like, that definitely happens I, I know to there's you. several. There's definitely some uh, table jokes that were real funny in the moment that now are just, what? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> what? Oh, have you ever, I, I, I know there's some that do this one. Have you ever done notes in character? When we very first started this uh, Curse of Strahd campaign, I did start, I, I sort of wrote my notes as normal at the table, but then I went back and I like wrote, I guess, journal entries as my character oh, wow. because I was trying to kind of like get into the headspace of them a bit more and I really enjoyed it, but I, I don't have time for it at the moment. Um, so I haven't done any for ages, but it's definitely enjoyable. I think if there were other people taking notes at the table, which in one of my other games there is, but in Curse of Strahd, I'm the only person. I don't want to take notes just from my character. Otherwise, we won't know what happened to everybody else. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think true. it's a really interesting premise to do that. I, I tried doing that a few times, and it was I, I tried doing it when I swapped characters, and that character had a very different voice from my own. Mm-hmm. And I tried to start doing it. I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't write as this dude fast. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, yeah, that was one of the things that you were saying in your videos, like do it quickly and whatnot so that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exact. As long as you know what it says, it can be as fast as you want it to be. Um, and I... I I totally agree with that because I, there were so many times where I, Oh my God, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes you do not have a lot of table space. I know right now we're at computers and sometimes you you can have more, but like I had this notebook, my character sheet that was in a binder, um, my dice tray, my dice. And I had a very small amount of space. So I was trying to like hold up stuff, write notes, put it back down. And uh, it it, it wasn't always the best. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, I think you just have to accept when you're taking a lot of notes that you're going to write things down wrong and you're going to draw the wrong connections because you wrote down something wrong. <laughs> but you, know, <laughs> you might do that anyway just from remembering something wrong. So, yeah, that happened to me recently when I was like, but it definitely means this. And my husband, who's the DM, was like, no, you, you just, that that's, no. <laughs> you just wrote it down wrong. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, characters could do that. They they they, yeah. they could they could write it down in their own stuff and be wrong. Absolutely. I, <laughs> that actually kind of makes me curious now. Uh, for a group that has like the everybody in there takes notes, like if there is like a telephone style thing where you could go through the notes and just see like five different things. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really counter. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've not I've not had a group and uh, groups that I have or that are listening to this. I'm not talking bad about you, but I I've not ever had a group that has all taken notes. But and I'm curious to see like if that would do anything because I know, like like I said, for me, I I have a pretty good memory for stuff like that, and I end up remembering most of the stuff. Uh, like right now in the the Pathfinder game, I'm not taking notes anymore. Uh, Allie's doing that one. Uh, but I, I, I want to start taking them again because I feel like I would be more in there week to week. Mm. I, I, 
I guess I like I'm not saying Wiz, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not in your game. I <laughs> I have to make all of these things because my friends listen to the shows that I'm that I'm in the game. <laughs> um but like uh I, I think that's one good thing about taking notes is that you are kind of more present in in that moment. Uh because like I know there's times I know there are times with this one where you know combat takes a long time in Pathfinder first edition. And so it might not be my turn for like 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. or longer. And it, I, I was on my phone or something like that. I'm like, Oh, I could be taking notes right now. Why don't I do that instead? And then I get more into it because I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Well, it's the case for me. Certainly. I feel a lot more engaged if I'm taking notes and um, when we, so I'm very lucky where I live now that we're not in uh like lockdown anymore but when we were we were playing online which I actually find really difficult and I remember I didn't take any notes during that whole time because I felt very like I didn't feel engaged with the with the sessions but I know that my husband never takes notes but he Mm -hmm. is always there in the game and if he tries to take notes he finds that too distracting so you know I guess yeah I guess everyone is different um in terms of how they engage with the game that uh, you, you brought up a thing there though about uh, the the quarantine with the with playing games. I when when that happened, you know, we had the home game that we ended up having to go to online. But um, we I already had a game online that had been going for over a year by then, mm-hmm. and, and that one always ends up going fine. We play theater of the mind. We don't even use roll twenty or anything like that, and that one's always gone well. But for some reason, when we switched from doing the the home games to uh, doing Discord and everything like that, there was a weird kind of disconnect between it. And and even when I was note taker at the time, I found that I'm like, oh, I'm not taking notes when I sh- when I usually was. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I d- yeah, I don't know. I've always struggled playing online. Um, I really just prefer in person. But yeah, yeah. I like. I, I I like kind of either or sometimes, but like I think it has to do with the group. Like there there there's some groups where it's like it is so much better to play in person, and I think mm. that's what is up with our our Pathfinder one because the way that we ended up role playing was doing character voices and you know responding to each other in character, and it's kind of harder to do that on Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 other one that that is that was always online. It, there's not so much in person or in character voices and stuff like that. So I think that was one reason why that one works out better than the one where we kind of bonded more that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I kind of I, I got any other uh, things about notes. I kind of ran out of uh, stuff <laughs> on that. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um I don't know. I guess I would just say to people, if you don't normally take notes, maybe just try it out and see what happens. See what you think. Yeah. Uh, don't get hung awesome. up on it looking neat or tidy or legible. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as long as you can read it, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, uh, Luda, thank you for being on, be, being on the show. This is, This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. This is the first podcast I've ever done. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, definitely go check out uh, uh, Luna's channel. Uh, awesome. Great advice is on there. And I'm sure more is going to follow soon. Uh, 
Are, are you planning on doing more videos soon? Yes, I'm actually at the moment um, planning a, a how to play series for D and D Fifth Ed, which will be like very much aimed at brand new, brand new players. So, or for people who oh, want cool. like a refresher on any of the things in the player's handbook. So, I'm working on that now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, keep keep an eye out for that. Uh, subscribe, like, share, do all that YouTube stuff <laughs> that I'm not used to saying. <laughs> Oh, and if anyone wants to, if you are, uh, feel like it would be a good fit and you want to join our creator server, uh, I guess the details are on my Twitter. Uh, what's, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's just Lou Buffin, L-U-B-O-F-F-I-N. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> awesome. So you can, what's up? I was just going to say, it's one of those weird things where I picked an internet handle and then I was like, what, what? I don't even know what this is. Anyway, <laughs> it's not relevant. <laughs> I've had to go through many a site and change uh, usernames because I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) I've tried to just brand everything the Trevor now. That's (laughs) simple. It works. Um, But uh, but yeah, uh, definitely go check out our Twitter and uh, uh, the Discord if you feel like that would be a good fit for you. If you want a a good sounding community that will, it sounds pretty, it sounds pretty uplifting. So go check that one out um but yeah thank you for being on uh go check out her channel but that is going to do it for this week's episode uh if you enjoyed it the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice uh if you would like to send in your own questions topics suggestions or anything else like that uh you can send them in a difficulty class at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at difficulty class and on instagram at difficulty podcast so until next week have a good game What's up and welcome to Champions of Lore, a show all about the kick-ass stories behind some of Idol Champions' coolest campaigns and characters. Every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash cngames or later on your favorite podcast service, B. Dave Walters and Aaron M. Evans talk about all the Idol Champions lore you need to know about. If you're here in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. But until then, Aaron, B. Dave, take it away. Hey, y'all. Sorry for the delay. Completely my fault. Uh, Aaron, would you like to introduce yourself to the beautiful people of the interwebs? Sure. Hi, I'm Aaron M. Evans. I am the author of the Brimstone Angels Saga, a six-book series set in the Forgotten Realm. I also play Cecilia on uh, Dungeon Scrawlers, a, uh, an actual play also set in Forgotten Realms, um, Wednesdays at 6.30 Pacific. Uh, PM. There we go. Don't get up at six thirty in the morning to watch me play D and D. It's not going to work. I mean, or do no? Like maybe, maybe <laughs> they're in a far off place. And that's true. That's, that's, I didn't mean know. to assume your time zone. <laughs> right, check your time zone privilege, Aaron. <laughs> uh, B. Dave Walters. I say words about things. I'm the writer and co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons: The Dark and Wish. The DM for the official stream. Uh, I play freely. The lucky boy on Silver and Steel. And earlier when we were talking, I was like, my weird flex is the fact that Freely is in Idol Champions. And Aaron is like, I wish I had a weird flex. And I was like, yeah, it's dope having a character. And she's like, well, I've got two. And I'm like, well, that's <laughs> a weird flex. Aaron, there it is. So, so, 
since we're talking idol champions, who who are your two characters that are in the game? It is uh, Farida and Havilar, who are the main characters of the Brimstone Angel Saga. They are the uh, the Tiefling twins that I mentioned and didn't name because I'm so good at this. You know, it's it's it, we're, we're we're rolling with it. We're rolling with it. So, uh, yeah, we did have a little bit of a technical snafu, and we are going to talk about some Idol Champion specific stuff today. We're going to talk about Liars Night. Uh, we're going to talk about a name that I'm absolutely about to butcher. Y'all ready? Here we go. Es- Esmeralda Davnir. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm not. That's not my worst. That's my. I'm from that Arkansas, y'all. Like it sounded better than earlier. You say it with confidence, and everybody will go, "Oh, yeah." Say, yes, yes, say it with your chest. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I've, 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 I've made that. Uh, but before we dive too terribly deeply into that, also, hello, Chet. Thank you for joining us. And of course, uh, give us your questions. Uh, we would love to answer and talk about and nerd out the things you want to talk about. Since this is our first time doing this here together. Uh, I want to ask a more conceptual question before we dive into some of the specifics here, Erin. All right. Because uh, you and I are lore nerds. Yep. But like, what, what even, what even does lore mean to you? Like, when somebody just says that word, lore. Yeah. What is that for you relative to this? I think when people talk about lore, it's the the elements of the world that that are sort of set up to be, um, I want to say, immovable, but really everything's movable. Um, when I think about lore, especially when I'm thinking about lore in relation to writing novels, uh, it is the things that have come before that are established, that you work off of, that you get inspired by. Um, I, I love the aspect of it where you have these sort of these immovable pillars and you can't change them. And so what happens in between, right? So you, you, the things you launch off of almost, um, and that can be small stuff. It can be big stuff. It can be the, the sort of gaps between things really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's, it's <laughs> funny because you're like, it's the stuff you can't move, even though both you and I move. Oh, you can things. totally move it. <laughs> you're not supposed to. You just yeah. have to come up with ways to move yeah. it that yeah. that that honor the the rest of the setting, right? Yeah. Well, it, it is a backdrop for me. Lore is context. You know, I like that. Um, it's it is it is the history of things that have gone before, but you know that the Forgotten Realms is fifty years old now, so there's a there's multi level tiers. I think you and I talked about this. <laughs> but part of the reason why I set a darkened wish in the Moonshine Isles is I didn't want to be constrained by all of that. I d- I didn't want to set a story in um uh Waterdeep or Neverwinter or Baldur's Gate. And have something happen. Well, one, I can't burn the city to the ground unless that I have to, like, or or uh, <laughs> I, I describe some building, and immediately on the internet, people are like, um, well, actually, everyone knows that that corner of the city is occupied by the Goblin Town, <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. the doorknob. I, f- I think that green? actually makes it lore because if somebody will actually you about it, that means it's lore. Yeah, <laughs> then you've arrived. No, it's, it, it's not, that is not what it means. You know, it's chance like. Rah! I'm like, like yeah. okay, cool. What's your publishing contract look like? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. She's um, just saying what I'm I... thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. There's actually, I think it's interesting because there's sort of, there, there's sort of two ways. Like I wrote, my first novel is called The Godcatcher and it is part of a series called Ed Greenwood Presents Waterdeep. And so for that, it was like, here's this document that is, water deep and here's all this you know this is here's the map and here's all the locations and you need to pick a location and here are a bunch of npcs and there's something about that it's almost like when you write poetry and you you write poetry with a constrained form 
um, so it's almost, you know, like a haiku or something like a pantoum where it's like, you have to hit these notes and you have to fit into this shape. And so mm -hmm. if you have that constraint, there's still a lot you can do and having that constraint, you can bounce off of it. But on the flip side, like you do something like that, you find a place where you can, you can kind of spread out and you can do something, you know, bigger and more. Um, I saw a tweet recently where someone said, I love that Aaron M. Evans created Dragonborn culture just because she could. And it's like, yes. That is exactly it. You find the place where you can kind of spread out and put in cool details. So you have both options. Like even if you're talking about like a home game, right? Mm -hmm. Bouncing off of things can give you more creative energy or it can make you feel trapped. And so finding where you fit best, like you can use that lore in different ways. Yeah, well, I mean, dare I say, in many ways, constraint breeds creativity where you're like, you know, oh, I have to do it like this. I, I will say though, part of the, uh, I think another one of the value of lore is it helps bring a, a, um, an internally consistent experience to mind for all of us because every yeah. table is different and every game is different. Because uh, a, a couple years back when we did um, the stream of many eyes and they built Waterdeep and I walked into Waterdeep and I was in freaking Waterdeep. And, cool. and, and then we did the, uh, the, the off the table thing, the, the live action stuff. And I'm walking around. It was like LARP and Ed Greenwood is there dressed as Elminster. And I walk up to him and he turns around and says, Elminster of Shadowdale. Well met. <laughs> That's a pretty if good you, Ed. If you, if you, uh, uh, if you watch, <laughs> the, if you watch the VOD, when he turns around and says that to me, I just stop for a second and I mean, it's probably two seconds, but for me, it's like eight and a half minutes. I was like, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the yawning portal with Elminster. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But oh. I, I think that's also what makes it good with, with Idle Champions is because there is all of this lore when you get into one of the adventures and it's like, oh, you're walking around the docks of Waterdeep mm -hmm. or any of that stuff. Th that lore is what connects you there. It's, if you didn't know the lore, it's just a dock. Mm -hmm. There's some rats mm -hmm. and some bad guys, but because you know the lore behind it, that's Waterdeep. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I know that harbor. I've been to that harbor. Well, not only this, I know that harbor. I've been to that harbor. Now I'm at that harbor with these heroes that I know and love. I was like, I'm here mm -hmm. with my friends. I'm here with Freely. I'm here with Bran and Avrin and, you know, and, and, all of them, you know, and you build your squad, um, <laughs> which is uh, a dope thing. Also, you should have Freely in every lineup because he's lucky and he's <laughs> better. Um, you know, just a uh, hashtag, you know, the, the weird flex. Um, so that being said, uh, I'll tell you, Aaron, wh what would you like to talk about first? Would you like to talk about our new champion or would you like to talk about Liar's Night first? Because mm. we're... I, I definitely have more thoughts about Liar's Night. Mostly my Esmeralda thoughts are she seems like such a badass. Um. <laughs> you know, that that is also mostly my thoughts, too, because um, I have not gotten a chance to play her yet. Um, oh, no, I'm excited to see what for, they do. For reference listeners, there there you go. Was that, mm -hmm. We <laughs> sort of started talking about Esmeralda. Mm -hmm. did, did mm -hmm. do, do her first and then New Liar's Night. That's true. You know, now I already chewed on this poor woman's name. You tell me how you pronounce it. Uh, I would have tried to say it Esmeralda Davenir, which is I, almost what you said. I think your 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 surname was a little had a little more finesse. See, but I feel like it sounds better <laughs> when you say it. So that's it, you know. But, but although it's although, something between those two, you know. But part of her character is she doesn't bother learning people's names. She gives them all nicknames. Go. So she's right. like, you know, we're just dope. we're just adding to the. We'll we'll, we'll call her 
Actually, dope Stevie no, girl. What's the, what's the nickname for Esmeralda? I feel like there should be a like a kind of we'll call her Essie. It's fine. It's, uh, mm. <laughs> I'm sure that would go well. I'm sure she wouldn't kill us both. Right. Sorry, I got you killed by calling her Essie. <laughs> you know, but I will die as I live. <laughs> I will die as I've lived. Yes. That's look, look at that. Look at that. That's that's that is us uh, uh adding the lore. Us <laughs> people like furiously scribbling at not all. It's like you can you can watch the wiki update while we're talking. Here's that is what, not canon. We're like, here's what her name isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> do not. Do not. Do not. Yeah. But uh, uh you know, she goes back to Curse of Strahd, uh in, in those adventures in Ravenloft as a monster hunter. Uh now, Chet, uh, we'll see, Chet. Does anybody know canonically what her class was uh, in the game? What she actually was? You don't necessarily have to like break it down by levels. A lot of times it didn't in the in the narrative stuff. Of course it shouldn't. But you know, if the let us, let us know if, if anybody if anybody uh, get, gets a class right. I'm interested to see. What's that? <laughs> Look at that. We, uh, y'all, I want you to know the reason why I just like stopped in my tracks. There, we have a, a, ch- a chat document where we're seeing things. And there's an idle champions code in like huge letters. And I'm like it's like Latin. I'm like, is this an incantation? Like what, what like listen, I'm, I didn't click the right paste, okay? <laughs> I'm like the mods are summoning something back here. Sorry. Uh do we have a giveaway, by the way? I don't know if we We do. Uh we do. Uh yeah, we we uh for the for the listeners uh on the podcast, uh if you're listening this week, the code is S A N S. Q U O D D O D S. So yeah, you can get that uh, gold chest. Go go do that. Have some fun. Yeah, y'all. Imagine if you just like clicked over and just saw that in like giant black letters here. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you might think you're getting an invite to oh, Among no. Us. That's true. That's true. There you go. There you go. I'm gonna put this over here. All right. Boom. I don't know if it was like, oh, it's up on the it's up on the overlay. Look at that. It's uh, it's almost like they thought of this. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, wild. Uh, but yes, um, uh, Esmeralda is, uh, again, originally from Ravenloft. I saw somebody in chat saying, um, I think I'm, I'm going to give you about five more seconds. Although, do, do you have have a guess, Aaron, or do you know? Let me let me not I assume. I don't actually know. Um, mm-hmm. And these are the kind, I feel like these are the kind of questions I stink at. It's, that's why there's two of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is a fighter rogue wizard. Oh, okay. Fighter, I see fighter it. Wizard, which, I, which is honestly, that's like she was one of the original fighter mage thieves then, to tell you the truth. Because uh, that's how it went, you know. Back in my day, back in AD&D <laughs> second edition, yeah, classes leveled at different rates. And if you had more than one, you had to split your XP between them. This yeah. <laughs> had 1D4 hit points and one spell. That was it. You had to live through that. It was difficult times back then. Didn't have it as easy as your kids do today. Yeah. Every word I just said is true, by the way. Yeah, uh, it also came with the free Werther's original. <laughs> uh, y- yes, Aaron? I was going to say, does that influence your... Because um, I know Freely is very multi-class. Are you like, yes, I'm doing all of them. You know, okay, so... Ah! Oh, no, I broke everything. I've ruined everything. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Chaos. Watch Trevor's face. That's a man dying in real time. There. <laughs> this is this is me cursed by hubris as I was attempting to put my freely backdrop back up again. Uh, <laughs> now I don't know. I might be in Aaron's spot. I'm not sure. So, uh, yeah. 
the re I'm gonna try. Here we go. This is my serious face. <laughs> so the the reason why th this this came about is I've been uh, fortunate enough that I get to play like a lot of D and D, and I'm to the point now that a lot of times it's it's I want characters to be. Uh, something I haven't done before, which is getting to be a fairly short list. And when I made Freely originally, he was supposed to be a guest star for like one episode of Heroes of the Veil. Yeah. And we were still in the middle of LA by night where I pay, uh, you know, Victor Temple, Undisputed Baron of the Valley. And uh, I, when I made Freely, I wanted some, he, everything that Victor isn't. Mm -hmm. Victor is big because he's me. Freely's little, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I usually don't play small folk. I don't like the small folk. <laughs> I, I played him super as a lark, and he really has made his own luck. He's my first character in a video game. Like, awesome. was, became a series regular, went into a spinoff. Like, he literally has made his own luck. And I want, and I was experimenting with different builds, and I wanted a, a charisma based character. Mm -hmm. So that you know, bard, paladin, warlock, sorcerer, whatever. Let's go. I'll make it work. And, <laughs> And, and, and it works. It works. It works. It works. It works. It works. And in the game, they they in Idle Champions, they leaned into that luck thing. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't kidding. That's his yeah, ability. Yeah. He makes everyone else like fight better because of his lucky presence, which I love. And uh, he fires his like. If you watch when we did the uh, the reveal of the character, and he mm -hmm. would do his Eldritch Blast every time he would smite, I'd like giggle like a little kid. He like <laughs> nice. the screen and like hit somebody, and I'm like. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's um. Just as, it's a, a as a small sidebar, like I, that is one thing I really love about working with idol champions is that they care about the lore, right? So you say like, yeah. this is my character, and this is what you know, like what I need, what Farida needs to be Farida, right? Mm -hmm. And they go okay, and then they turn it into a game mechanic, right? Um, well, and it's just uh, Havilar and her imps. That's my favorite. So, <laughs> and, and and they asked me questions that I myself didn't know about. They were like, "Well, what's this? What's what's this?" And I was like, uh, "His favorite ice cream is bubblegum. I don't know, you know." Like, I, but it, it yeah. really, you're, you're right. They had a they had a huge commitment to making sure they brought this specific character to life in the game mm -hmm. and you can tell and you can oh, tell totally. the, the things they've done like again the Avrin's character who uh debuted is the last liar's night i think if not last maybe the one before i think last one um Avrin's whole thing is he gets so much bigger than everyone else and i'm like and everyone else gets small and i'm like i know todd well i play with Avrin a lot yeah that's, uh, <laughs> That is definitely uh, what, what he would do, you know? Nice. And uh, yeah, it, it, it is. A, I think that is one of the most delightful um, aspects of the game. Um, and then the the tactical aspect of it, of like rearranging the per to have the, the proper complement of people and their abilities. It's all dope. Do you, yeah. do you happen to know offhand what your, what your two girls special uh, abilities are? Um, uh, Farida becomes the chosen of Asmodeus. Um, so she like flames up. And then I think, I can't remember what it means, what it does in game terms mm -hmm. off the top of my head. She does hit flamey, flamey violence. Just mm -hmm. flamey violence, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but she also boosts people next to her. I think she boosts their, um, their defense. And then Havilar calls the imps and then she can sacrifice them, um, to do things. Because in the books, um, sh they both become sort of broken chosens of Asmodeus, uh, not because they chose it. That's why they're called chosen, not choosers. Um, but Havilar's ability is that there are these two imps that do things for her she, if she needs help. Um, but at the end of every book, one of them dies. 
Um, so they're they're kind of ridiculous uh, comic relief, but but there's always a new one. So the, the dynamic changes every time, except for Mott. Mott is in every book. Um, and so I really love the way they took that and they're like, okay, well, she can have all of the imps except she can throw them at people basically. Mm. And then it's a, it's a game mechanic now, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild seeing like something like that you created like that come to life though and see it be oh. like, uh, which I'm going to tell you one other thing about uh, the, the freely design is um, so it's, it's a fairly long process getting yeah. your character in the game is months. And we were way into character design when he lost his arm in the show. <laughs> And I literally emailed, I emailed Clive and I was like, hey, so, uh, so he sort of lost his arm and got a clockwork one. Um, I don't know if he's going to get his real arm back or not. And they legit scrambled to like add in his clockwork arm. He actually has it. I was, I was very grateful to them for that. I was kind of, I was kind of like, cool, cool, cool. Don't freak out. He's been maimed and uh, doesn't look like this doll anymore. You know, you said uh, Asmodeus. It's funny because mm-hmm. this is another one of those things you read but don't hear said out loud because, you know, there was a, a real divinity that people right. actually worship. And, uh, well, I guess it's a demon lord. You're not supposed to worship him. But, you know, hey, who am I to judge? <laughs> but, but he's in my story, too. And it's oh, yeah? another one of those things that you're like, is it Asmodeus or Asmodeus? Right. You know, I personally like Asmodeus. Uh, I do, too. You know, I, it, I, feel like as, I feel like Asmodeus would be like, like, of course you're saying it right. Right. You're yeah. saying it right, but also right. you're saying players call it right. him Azzy. Right. I don't think they're or, saying it right. No, they're not. Or, or <laughs> it would be like, would you like my help saying it correctly? <laughs> you know? And then you're like, yeah, wait. <laughs> Back it up. Yep. Too late. He got you. That's how he gets you. I hope you enjoyed this preview of Champions of Lore. Like I said, it's going to be going up as a podcast. We're going to let you know when that feed starts going out. We're still getting a few things behind the scenes uh, put together for it. But I would love it if some Difficulty Class fans uh, were in the chat on uh, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on twitch.tv slash CNE Games. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to be like, hey, I'm part of Difficulty Class. Or, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to do that. Don't do that. Uh, but, you know, just be in the chat. That'd be really cool. Uh, hang out with me, B. Dave Walters, and Aaron M. Evans as you hear about some really really cool D&D lore uh, that pertains to um, what's going on in Idle Champions or just whatever is floating through B. Dave and Aaron's brains at the moment and I love hearing what, <laughs> what they want to talk about there because there's some beautiful tangents uh, so yeah catch us there every Monday uh, at least for the next eight weeks uh, we'll, we'll see what happens after that uh, but yeah thank you for listening and uh, have a good game